This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. This is the Roger Stone Show here on WABC Radio, 77 WABC making AM radio great again. Today, uh, my guest is one of the most respected television uh, and radio journalists in the history of the United States. Lou Dobbs is a New York Times bestselling author of six books, uh, was the longtime host of the number one news program on business television, Lou Dobbs Tonight, on Fox Business's network. He's also the host of the uh, nationally syndicated Lou Dobbs Financial Reports. Now he does the Great American Podcast, which can be heard on Apple, also, uh, I believe, on iHeartRadio. Lou Dobbs has won numerous Emmy awards throughout his illustrious career, including Emmys, a Cable Ace Award, a Peabody Award, uh, and many other distinguished honors. It is my great privilege and honor to welcome the great Lou Dobbs to the Roger Stone Roger. Show. Roger, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, an honor to be with you. You know, this is the, the shoe is really finally on the other foot. Uh, I have interviewed with you many times back at Fox, I think even at CNN. I have really, really enjoyed our recent Great American Podcasts. Uh, and uh, is, there is a, a shift, of course, uh, in in the kind of journalism you work. So there was a time when you were straight news reporter doing focusing mostly on business news. But what I love about the great uh, America show that you do now is you get the unabashed views of the of Lou Dobbs. You're you're now in the realm of being an opinion journalist, uh, but you have the advantage of many, many decades of watching the American scene and understanding what is really going on in America? So, Lou, let's start with the 2024 election. What do you think is going on here? Well, I think a great deal on the part of the, the Marxist Dems who lead the Democrat Party, a great deal is going on. We're watching them move into action already um, across battleground states from uh, 2022 and 2020. Uh, they are prepared again and uh, have are starting to reveal their strategies. Uh, as for the Republican Party, I see nothing more than what we have seen before, which is an inert organization, poorly led, uh, with very, uh, very lackluster uh, plans for how to contend with both the Marxist Dems uh, and the issues that and threats that face America. Uh, without President Trump, there is no Republican Party, in my opinion, Roger. Uh, and what is unfolding is a, a potential disaster 
uh, if the Republican Party does not come together around Donald Trump's uh, candidacy, and I believe uh, as the presumptive nominee uh, for 2024. Yeah, it, the Democrats, uh, particularly the elites in the Democratic Party and their close, close friends in the mainstream uh, media, don't seem <laughs> to understand the potential toxic mix uh, of the country being flooded uh, with 8 million uh, illegal uh, immigrants, uh, bringing crime, bringing fentanyl, bringing drugs uh, uh, beyond fentanyl, uh, bringing uh, a drug epidemic, in fact, bringing spiking crime that's now not just in our cities, but in our suburbs, really across America. And that when coupled with the highest gasoline prices in recent memory, a 76% increase in the cost of basic groceries, uh, a, uh, a crippling inflation, uh, and a feeling by the people in the middle of the country that the people who they view as elitists on the left and right coasts could care less about them. Uh, for them, they live in their gated communities. Life is, uh, is so their, their communities are safe. Uh, I see the kind of anger rising in America among middle America that I saw in 1968, for example, that I saw in 1980, for example, two elections that produced uh, Richard Dixon, of course, uh, and uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, so I, I really think that the elites in the Republican Party still don't understand that Donald Trump has a, a unique and innate ability to reach certain voters, voters in Michigan, voters in Wisconsin, voters in Georgia, voters in Arizona, voters in Pennsylvania, who no other Republican has been able to get. The, not Mitt Romney, not John McCain. Uh, he, he really has a, a unique dialogue with the blue-collar working middle class in America, and these people are increasingly angry increasingly angry i think you're you're exactly right i think they're angry i think they're frustrated and i think they're desperate uh this is a this is a time that the likes of which we've never seen before uh, like you i'm a product of the 60s i have went through as a journalist covering everything from the 70s forward at no time do i remember uh such obvious desperation on the part of the middle class and by the middle class i'm talking about working men and women i'm talking about their families uh, and all who aspire to the middle class uh, working people across this country are right now simply desperate this government is not only ignoring their needs and their desires and equity as uh, the left is fond of saying uh, they are absolutely targeting them and, and trying, it seems, to destroy the middle class. Uh, and interestingly, the middle class is cannot right now, I believe, focus on what is really being done to them uh, through the Democrat Party, through the deep state, uh, which is in control, of course, of our entire federal government. Roger, I say this to, to folks from time to time. Uh, you don't have any part in the federal government except as a target. And, and the reality is that the Marxist Dems, and we have to acknowledge who they are and what they're doing. They're a Marxist, and they have taken over the Democrat Party. Most of the Democrat Party, in my judgment, is now Marxist. Uh, they are certainly, at the very least, 
in favor of vast government uh, power over uh, the American citizens. Instead of being afraid of, uh, uh, you know, our government, we should be uh, we should be certain that our government at least is respecting us, and that is gone. And for middle-class working people in this country in particular, small business people, the foundation of this country, the place where the American dream lives brightest, uh, we have watched the Democrat Party go after them, whether it's in taxation, whether it is in outrageous regulation, uh, whether it is in terms of cultural issues, whether it is uh, denying a parent's right to know what is, uh, what is happening in public schools with their children. Uh, and uh, these indoctrination programs that have been adopted by both teachers' unions and are instilled, uh, you know, throughout uh, the curriculum from K to to 12, uh, and then meeting quite a different culture when you get to the colleges and universities of this country. We we are failing our children miserably. Uh, the Republican Party has much to atone for uh, as it begins the battle against the Democrat Party. But everyone has to understand the Democrat Party right now is the enemy of the American people. It's really quite remarkable because you're right. I'm a 45-year veteran uh, of American politics. And I remember a day when the Democratic Party was pro-capitalism. I remember a day when the Democratic Party supported a strong national defense. Uh, I remember a party, uh, a time when the Democratic Party was the bulk work uh, of civil liberties. I remember a time when particularly the liberal wing of the Democratic Party detested the FBI and thought that the FBI uh, violated their civil liberties through mass illegal surveillance during both the civil rights struggle uh, and the Vietnam War. What happened to the old patriotic, left of center, but patriotic Democratic Party of John F. Kennedy and Harry Truman. Well, I think amongst the things that have happened to the to get us to this point, Roger, uh, certainly was the presidency of Barack Obama uh, when he uh, brought a an administration uh, that was anti uh, anti journalist, uh, anti free speech. Uh, no one has prosecuted more journalists in this country in our history than did the Obama administration. The Biden administration, which is, I view, as the third term of the uh, Obama administration, uh, is uh, not quite to that level. It just simply has turned the spigots off and does not put the president of the United States before cameras or microphones. And if so, then only for a matter of uh, brief moments uh, and uh, absolutely no substance of any kind. Uh, and the, and the, uh, the, the national so-called legacy corporate media just stands there and uh, in obedient silence, without protest, uh, without objection, and certainly without following up on the story, perhaps with one question. Why in hell aren't you talking to us about the issues that matter most to the American people? Uh, and it, when they will be directed to various executive agencies, of course, by the press secretary. But the answer will still be uh, stunning silence. Uh, I, I think what I am seeing in the Democratic Party, uh, and I think you'd have to be a pretty careful observer to see this, is the beginnings of an internecine war within the Democratic Party. Uh, the CNN poll released a couple of days ago, uh, which shows that Donald Trump would yet again uh, beat Joe Biden. Uh, 
the the fact that that 63% of the people think that Joe Biden is corrupt uh, and of those, 61% said what he did was illegal, not just unethical. These are shots across the bow, I think arranged by the Obamas, because they have serious reservations about Joe Biden's ability to limp through another presidential campaign. The idea of a Biden-Trump debate uh, is unthinkable at this juncture. Uh, Trump is in He's lost 30 pounds. He is at the top of his game. I mean, I traveled with him for four days, three weeks ago, uh, and I, the guy's zeal, his zest for combat, uh, his resolve, his determination. Uh, by the way, Lou, he listened to uh, the Great America Show podcast you and I did, and he loved it, loved it. Uh, I will send you, his, I'll send you his text message. He loved it. Uh, he's at the top of his form. For he, he is, he is only seventy-seven in, in physical age, but he appears not to have aged at all. He is sharper and more combative and more ready for what he keeps calling the final battle than I have ever seen him previously. Uh, and clearly, there is growing feeling among the Democratic Party sachems that Joe Biden can't make it. Uh, and Kamala Harris fits into this mosaic when she comes out and says, well, don't worry about Joe, meaning let Joe run, because I'm ready to step in at any moment uh, if anything should go wrong. In other words, a signal to Barack Obama and his, I think, potential candidate wife, Michelle, don't you dare try to pull the rugs on an incumbent president. Also notice a spate of anti-Obama stories now suddenly starting to leak. Uh, one of his biographers uh, reporting publicly that the, that the former president says that he has lust in his heart for men, to steal a phrase from Jimmy Carter. Uh, the Tucker Carlson interview where Larry Sinclair comes forward claiming that he did drugs and had sex with Barack Obama. So I think you have to read their access to the media is is extraordinary. Uh, and I think this is being played out in a proxy war uh, in the media as the Democrats begin to really fear the possibility of Joe Biden. Uh, as their standard bearer. I, I, again, I think you're correct. I, I do believe that we have to square up a few things, though, in, in, in uh, regard to o Obama uh, and the Biden administration. There is no doubt in my mind uh, whatsoever that a, a cabal, for want of a better word, of Marxist Dems have been working for a very long time uh, and put Obama where he was in 2008. Uh, and where he stands now as uh, the, if you will, the master of the puppet president, Biden. Uh, he, the audacity, uh, the indifference, the ignorance of the Democratic Party to allow both Kamala Harris, an absolutely inept uh, politician, as well as, it seems, a person incapable of coherent uh, thoughts or expression, and uh, an impaired, compromised president, candidate at the time, that is Joe Biden, to put them together into the most powerful offices in the country, 
uh, is an act of such uh, a grievous uh, assault on the republic that I don't think any voter in the country should ever again vote for a Democrat. Uh, this is a this could be a death blow to the republic, what they have done, because if the impeachments go ahead against Biden, and frankly, I hope that they do, because I think with this level of corruption, there is no other responsible alternative. We can talk political strategies and until, uh, uh, you know, until dusk. But the reality is uh, decency and uh, regard for law and order uh, in, in this great republic demands that we begin an impeachment of Joe Biden. The evidence is clear, uh, and this is, as I say, no time for politics on that issue. But with the Marxist ends who control not only the White House, uh, the, the, the Senate, uh, and I think uh, casually at least the, the speakership, uh, uh, at least on intermittent uh, accounts, uh, we are in real trouble because the Marxist stems in the deep state are in absolute control of the entire federal government. I, I would doubt, Roger, that you could name even a single agency in which you would with which you would agree, uh, disagree on that issue. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Now, I think you're right. The sad part is they remained in control of many of those same departments and agencies, the permanent bureaucracy in place. These people are not non-ideological bureaucrats, by the way. They remained in control of these agencies even while Donald Trump was president. Uh, I, I said on your show that I thought that a Trump who returned to the White House now would be uh, a very different president. That is not to say that in his first term, uh, he wasn't, uh, uh, he did not run up a record that already makes him one of the greatest presidents in American history. Uh, The most robust economy in our history. Uh, Record job growth, record wage growth, the lowest levels of unemployment among all Americans, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, rural, urban, Uh, tax policies that brought billions of dollars back in the United States to be invested here, to, to, to create jobs here. So, uh, but I do think that he has now had a a full, uh, eyes wide open education uh, about the, the permanent government in place. You can call them the deep state. You can call them as Dwight Eisenhower did, the military industrial complex. You can call them the cabal. You can call them anything you want. There is a monolithic coalition between the leaders of the Democrat and the leaders of the Republican Party uh, and the mainstream media to stick to one narrative, one idea, And the idea, just the idea of Donald Trump now awakened and understanding the epic corruption of the Justice Department, the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, the FBI, uh, this keeps them up at night. This is what drives uh, the most chronic cases of Trump derangement syndrome. 
Uh, Lou, you have many, many years as a business and economic reporter, uh, and Joe Biden continues to tout Bidenomics. What will be the impact of the economy in this next election, and where do you see the economy going? Well, right now, Roger, I think that there's a great overstatement about how much trouble the economy is in, because there has been so much uh, full tilt, uh, full throttle federal spending uh, as a result of the largesse of the Biden regime with taxpayer money that uh, we're going to have stimulus that won't run out, uh, I I think, in in any near term horizon. What we have is inflation that continues to eat prices right now are 13 percent above where they were a year ago Uh, in in terms of gasoline prices, in terms of housing prices, uh, which is really the foundation of any uh, modern economy. uh, Great, great storm clouds are forming and we have a Federal Reserve that's unpredictable uh, and it's not predictive either. It hasn't a great uh, case record on knowing what to do in terms of policy because they continue under Jerome Powell to try to lead the markets rather than follow them. It's a fool's errand, and I, just when I thought he was learning his lesson, he appears to have uh, acquired his, uh, his former uh, rigidity uh, in, in terms of his uh, monetary policy uh, values. Uh, he's talking about another interest rate hike. Uh, If he does this, uh, there will be serious troubles in real estate. And by that, I mean we could go back to uh, if he were to raise it another 100 basis points uh, over the next uh, few months, we would have, without question, a real estate crisis. We would have a construction crisis. Uh, and we would have, uh, and on top of that, of course, where as we watch oil prices rising, uh, we could have a, even a further surge in inflation. So while everything right now, I, I think, is uh, in some form of uh, equilibrium, uh, the, pos- the prospect of real trouble ahead, uh, depending on those policy moves, whether it be in fiscal policy or monetary policy, and with September 30th rushing at us, uh, they're going to have to be big decisions. Are we going to continue with uh, uh, yeah, omnibus bills and uh, continuing resolutions and uh, pure, the pure fog of Washington politics in the swamp? Uh, if so, uh, we could be in real trouble in 2024, and that would mean uh, even more trouble for the Democratic Party. I have to tell you, it's a definition of mixed emotions for me. Uh, I want this president and this party out of American politics forever. I want to see a purge of all of the deep state bureaucrats who believe as they, as globalist uh, elite globalists uh, that uh, they know better than the American people and don't require the consent of the government. You know, I there's a special place in hell reserved for all of them. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC Radio, and I'm interviewing one of uh, the greatest broadcast journalists in American history, the great Lou Dobbs. It's my honor to have him join us today. Lou, what do you make uh, of the candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., scion of the 
Kennedy family dynasty, the son of New York U.S. Senator and former Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who was, uh, who was murdered uh, on the evening of his greatest political triumph of victory in the 1968 Democratic primary for president, uh, also the nephew of John F. Kennedy, uh, brutally shot down in the streets of Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. What is the, what is the impact uh, of the Kennedy candidacy? Well, I, I think it's much too early for us to judge because it's going to depend on what he does. He doesn't have uh, an organization. He doesn't have a campaign as such uh, uh, staffed up and uh, strategists uh, directing and messaging, uh, giving him uh, the, uh, you know, the appropriate help that any candidate requires uh, to be successful. Uh, in terms of the man, uh, I happen to have great respect for him because he was a dissenter uh, against Big Pharma, uh, the, the vaxxers, and, of course, the public health uh, bureaucracy that uh, really doesn't give much of a damn, apparently, about the health of the American people. They have uh, rules. They want mandates. They're, for crying out loud, uh, Fauci, who remains their, their spokesperson, talking about bringing back masks. Uh, to his credit, uh, RFK Jr. has has been uh, vocal, and he's been right, and he's a much-needed voice. I think he would scare the heck out of the uh, of the Marxist Dems because he would take out a significant, I think, a significant portion of votes. I don't know what the number would be, uh, but I think that the race in 2024 could be decided by a third-party candidate in either party. So that is a, a, a potential. Uh, uh, if you will, hurdle that I think both parties have to contemplate. And as far as RFK is concerned, uh, I'm a fan. I'm not uh, in any way uh, putting him on the level I would of uh, uh, any other presidential, well, a lot of other presidential candidates, but I certainly wouldn't put him on the level of a serious contend uh, for the nomination of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think this could uh, play out uh, in a slightly different way. One of the problems is that the filing deadlines and the difficulty of getting on the ballot as an independent candidate, it's hard enough to get on the ballot as a minor party candidate. Remember, the rules for getting on the ballot for candidates are written by Republicans and Democrats working together who try to make it as difficult, expensive, technical, and onerous as humanly possible. So really, Robert F. Kennedy has two choices. He can uh, contend for the nomination of the party of his uncle and his father, uh, a, a party in which the Kennedy name still reminds many of Camelot, uh, or he could run as an independent, which he understands while he could impact the final race, is not going to get him to the White House. Now, he's the only Democrat who is talking uh, about sealing our southern border, who understands the urgency of sealing our southern border. He's the only Democrat who doesn't want to hand over $2 billion to the, to the, the lunatic Iranian regime so they can resume their nuclear weapons development. He is the only Democrat uh, who is questioning the billions of dollars that we are shipping to Ukraine and who correctly states uh, that our support for the Ukrainians in this war is a violation of the Minsk Accords where when the Russians allowed the reunification of East and West Germany, in return they sought and got from us 
specifically by Secretary of State James Baker, a commitment that we would not try to push Ukraine on their border into NATO. So we're in violation of our agreements. Uh, I, I think Robert Kennedy has articulated the real history here better than anyone else. Uh, in that Fox television debate, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's a very good talker, very good talker, uh, I think in his exchange with Nikki Haley on this very same issue, he came out second best because he did not state the history uh, of of what has happened in Ukraine and whether and why we are actually there. The silos for thermonuclear missiles have already been built on the ground uh, in Ukraine. Uh, what this war is really over is whether we are going to, as NATO partners, load them up with intercontinental ballistic missiles that are aimed at Russia. Now, people will hear this and say, oh, Stone is a Russia, uh, he's a Russian intelligence spy, he's soft on Putin. No, I, I'm. Putin is a brutal authoritarian dictator, uh, hardly soft on him, but the same people keep telling us, oh, Ukraine is a democracy. Ukraine is not a democracy. President Zelensky has locked up everybody who ran against him in the last election, has outlawed every party but his own, uh, shut down TV stations, radio stations, newspapers, arrests journalists, arrests dissidents, shut down the Russian Orthodox Church, which just happens to be the largest church in his country. So th this has nothing whatsoever to do with democracy. Uh, and I think Robert Kennedy makes that case far better than anybody else on the stage right now. Uh, it occurs to me that at the end of the democratic process, Lou, there's going to be many, many disaffected and angry Democrats and independents who liked the candidacy of Robert Kennedy, who realized that he is going to be kneecapped by the same people who right now are trying to figure out how to get Joe Biden out of this race. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump could scoop up those votes with a simple pledge uh, that if he was elected, he would appoint Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as Attorney General of the United States. Uh, and as his first assignment, conduct an investigation of what actually happened in the last pandemic uh, and then begin the effort to clean up the CIA, the FBI, and other agencies of the federal government. What do you think? I, I think there there is one voice uh, that stands well above his, and that's Donald Trump, because he's laid down uh, the the premise that I think should be the basis for all policies, uh, domestic and uh, and foreign, uh, on the part of the U.S. government. America first, and, and as often happens in uh, Washington politics. Uh, there are always questions that uh, should be, as a, in my judgment, uh, a, a precedent condition uh, for any strategy that we form. Uh, and the condition precedent in this case, I think, is the question, who is Europe? Who are they? What are their interests? And what are they doing? Uh, and why is it, uh, is it that we would drive Ukrainian policy from Washington, D.C.? Uh, the reality is that we've now moved a, a what I estimate to be somewhere between uh, a fifth and a quarter of our combat-ready troops into the eastern flank of Europe. Uh, 
for what purpose, to what end, uh, and if it is to be a buffer zone for NATO, I think it's even more mindless uh, uh, than uh, most policies that I consider abhorrent. Uh, this is a, a monstrous decision on the part of the Biden administration. And the question that the American people are not having answered for them uh, by our national news organizations or either political party is where is the Ukrainian uh, money uh, coming from? Is it all coming from the United States? No, but about 95 percent of it's coming from the United uh, States. And why isn't uh, the European Union uh, sending billions of dollars. And why are they not moving NATO forces into position? Because they can't, uh, because they are not uh, in any way a deterrent force. They're not sufficiently trained or equipped. And for that to be the American policy, that we will uh, stand up for Ukraine uh, while the continent itself is not taking responsibility and expressing its interest through policies particularly against the invading Russians, is completely inexplicable to me. What do you think, Roger? Uh, Lou, I tend to agree with you. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you very much uh, for joining us here on The Roger Stone Show. Lou, tell people where they can get The Great America Show. Well, thank you, Roger. I really enjoyed our conversation, as always, and I thank you so much. The America, the Great America Show is available on all podcast platforms, I'm pleased to say, uh, and uh, I recommend it to you highly, ladies and gentlemen, as you might guess. Thanks, Roger, so much. Uh, Lou Dobbs, one of the greatest broadcast journalists in American history. We are honored to have had you on The Roger Stone Show. My honor. Thanks so much, Roger.